Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. I'm Becky Munster-Sowke, former Dartmouth College admissions director and author of Valedictorians at the Gate, Standing Out, Getting In, and Staying Sane While Applying to College. And this is your Chalkboard Chat Slate session. In 1997, I was denied admission to Dartmouth College. It was my first choice school. I received the bad news from a dean of admissions I would curse for a week. The denial was senseless. I was near the top of my class, had a long resume, and had checked every box. But something obviously was wrong with me. Something wasn't good enough. I wasn't Dartmouth material. I ended up attending my fifth choice school, Colby College in Waterville, Maine. It wasn't as highly ranked as Dartmouth, but as I'd quickly find out, it was perfect for me. A few years later, the same dean who had rejected my Dartmouth application hired me to work in the admissions office. I'd be a senior assistant director who would review applications, recruit students on the road, and help decide who would be admitted. The irony was palpable. I loved working in the office. But it was only after I witnessed what happened behind the scenes that I realized how misguided my original notion of college worthiness was. Admission to college wasn't a value statement. Instead, college admissions was a business out of most students' control. Being denied from Dartmouth hadn't meant that something was wrong with me all those years ago. Instead, my application simply wasn't the best business decision for the class at the time. I worked in the admissions office for 13 years, and in my time there, I gained appreciation for the hard work of admissions officers. But I also gained perspective on what this process is doing to our kids. Students are draining themselves to do what they think, quote unquote, looks good. It's taking its toll mentally and emotionally on those attempting to check every box. Meanwhile, selective colleges are receiving way more applications than they need and crushing students' dreams by the thousands. I wrote Valedictorians at the Gate, my book, to share my insider's perspective on what should matter in our young people. I don't have all the answers on how to stop the insanity, but I do have my stories to share. After my experience in competitive college admissions, I've learned that kids who stood out to me as a person were not always those who were admitted to an Ivy, but rather those who cared more about kindness than clout, those were more sympathetic than SAT crazed, and those who cared about politeness over prestige. But that's not to say that a student shouldn't put forward his strongest college application. Most colleges admit the majority of students in their pools, and there's a great school for everyone, providing you do your homework. A student needs to take back control of the process by reflecting on what one wants in the college, and not just what they think a college is looking for. And they need to approach the process thoughtfully and with care. In my book, I share advice for keeping sane while working hard to best present a strong application. Today, I'll share five great tips with you. First, students need to start the admissions process early and with an open mind. The best school for one student may not be the best for another. Rankings in a magazine matter less than what a student's individual opportunities will be. Perhaps a highly ranked school doesn't have the internship opportunities for an anatomy major as another less selective school. Even if a student doesn't know what he wants to major in, considering fit, proximity to loved ones, extracurricular offerings, job security, and overall community is imperative. I advise students to think broadly about colleges first and then do their research to narrow the list. And as a little hint, I tell students when researching a college's student community, a great place to turn is an online campus newspaper. Simply browsing the op-eds, the event calendar, and the up-to-date campus news can give students a better sense of the realities of the school than most generic school websites. 
Secondly, considering financial aid is of most importance. As an admissions director at schools that were need-blind, I never worked in financial aid, but I do know the importance of being realistic about financing college. I encourage students to have financial aid conversations with their families early in the process and to fully try to understand the differences between scholarships, loans, financing options available. For example, researching schools that offer merit scholarships can be incredibly helpful. Third, when it's time to complete a college application, make it as personal as possible. You don't need to spend money to fill your resume. Instead, you can list activities that are truly meaningful to you. And yes, learning to crochet with grandma counts if you care about it. We never counted how many activities or extracurriculars a student had on their list. Instead, we tried to figure out what mattered to them and why. Then, when you write your personal statement or college essay, make sure it's a story you and only you can tell. If you're writing an essay about loving soccer, for example, realize that your teammates could likely write a very similar essay. Maybe you should write your essay about your passion for making homemade linguine the night before your big soccer game during a pasta party, if that's your thing. You don't need to spend money either on folks to coach your essay, but you should recruit a team of helpers, friends, parents, English teachers, anyone who can help proofread your essay and any other application pieces. Fourth, most colleges will view your academic background holistically and in context. They will consider your transcript and your curriculum and your recommendations. Taking easy classes and getting better grades may not necessarily be viewed more favorable than taking more difficult classes and receiving less perfect grades. It's the holistic academic background that matters. So, for example, if you take standardized tests for a school, practice and prepare, but don't forget that at most schools, your actual day-to-day classwork will be more important. At Dartmouth, for example, we deny students with perfect scores if they weren't doing the daily work in the classroom. And vice versa, if your testing isn't your strong suit, that's okay if you have strong grades and teacher recommendations. Lastly, don't forget that what you do, learn, create in high school is the building block for college. Join a club because you want to learn something, not because it looks good on an application. Develop a relationship with the teacher because it's interesting to talk about science outside of the classroom, not just because you know that someday you'll need a teacher recommendation. Know that high school itself serves an important purpose, and making the most of your time to become more curious, more thoughtful, more engaged will only help your eventual college application and college experience. In my book, Valedictorians at the Gate, I give other details and tips on how to present one's own best application, but I also stress the importance of preserving sanity in the process. The book is based on my viral New York Times op-ed, Check This Box If You're a Good Person. The piece speaks about the most impressive college recommendation letter I ever read in my career, and it came from a high school janitor. The janitor spoke to a student's decency, kindness, and the fact that that particular student was the only one who ever asked and remembered the janitor's name. This recommendation stood out to me amongst thousands I had read because it spoke to a student's humanity. And for me, hearing about a student's intangible qualities was refreshing and helpful, even if the student were to be admitted to the school or not. College-bound students should take back control of the process by making most of high school, completing a thoughtful and thorough application, and considering which schools are the best match to their highly individual, academic, social, and pre-professional interests. Now I'm a mother of toddlers, and someday I hope to remind my own kids that being a kind, decent human matters much more than going ivy. I look forward to telling them the story of the most impressive young person I ever recruited, and in the end, I know that it's not the name of the college on the back of the car that matters. It's the character of the person driving it that matters most. I'm Becky Munster-Sabke, and this has been your Chalkboard Chat Sleep Session. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat. 
and MPB Education Podcasts. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.